Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. My name is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. Very excited. This is our 99th episode. That's about, if you take uh, 101 and minus 2, that's 99 to kind of help you out with that math. Very exciting. <laughs> and it only took 99 episodes for you to, I think that's the first correct math problem you've done on the podcast. <laughs> so that's always good. Yeah, yeah. We should stop here. Well, not because of the math thing, but just, I don't know if I want to get to 100. No, we can't stop. We have to do our 100th episode, which I'm excited for because at least our plan is, who knows if we'll actually do it. We'll, we're planning on recording live together in the same room, which we never have done in about 99 episodes, if I did my math correctly. Yeah, I guess by the time it comes out, we won't know whether we've done it yet, so it'll still be <laughs> accurate, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. look out for the next episode. Either way, episode 100 it will be a big one. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. All right, so what do we have today? I'm actually excited about the 100th episode, but I'm also excited about this topic as well, this story. Yeah, you are overly excited about it. You don't get excited about these articles too often, but this one, I don't know, I don't know what it is. This is actually the first time I actually uh, read the article or story that we're covering. So. <laughs> Usually you just read the title and look at the pictures, which actually <laughs> is applicable to this story. So it's dealing with Huffington Post, and I've been to Huffington Post before, I believe. <laughs> I had to have. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty popular news source. I mean, even when people link to different news sources or online, it, it comes up pretty often. Are you being sarcastic? Or I don't even know. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I've been there. I don't know. I, okay. So you were. It's, what was it? Ariana Huffington? Is that? Yeah. Ariana, I think. I don't know. I just know her from the impressions that are done on SNL, but they <laughs> lost that cast member. So I don't know if they're going to do that anymore. So basically there's a bunch of pictures that are up on these articles and one Reddit user, Francesca... O underscore O specifically if she's I assume she's listening to this podcast but basically she found out that one of her photos was being used on Huffington Post and she wanted to do something about it she tried to reach out and was I think she was ignored initially right but at one point someone got a hold of her or she was able to get in contact with someone and they said, we're not going to give you any credit because you posted it on this other site. So the only way to get rid of it is for you to d delete the image yourself. But she got a little bit creative. And I guess the way they had it set up in the links, which you'll understand better than me. Yeah. Well, let me, let me take care of this tech part. So Yeah, go for it. I love how you glossed over the other site. The image was posted on a site called Imgur, which, by the way, even though you may not know, this is one of the biggest sites in the world by the way. I didn't want to pronounce it incorrectly. That's why. Well, I, well, I'm not necessarily sure how, how it's pronounced, but it's something like Imgur, but every, everyone knows about it. But so Huffington Post, what they did is they actually, instead of downloading the image and then uploading it onto their site, they basically hot linked it or embedded whatever tech term you want to use to put it on their site. And so because of the kind of response that she did get from Huffington Post, what she did was instead of deleting the image, she changed the image so that the image that was actually on the Huffington Post blog was updated accordingly with the whole text, uh, kind of a rant about how Huffington Post stole the image and they didn't give us credit and et cetera, et cetera. And here's the credit. My name is Francesca Timbers. 
And my blog is, I'm going to plug her too because it's my blog is travelry.tumblr.com. I mean, this happens all the time. Obviously, we, we, I think we might have even talked about it on the podcast a few times, but you know, this is a very creative way to kind of get back at, I guess, first of all, this is a, just a bad response by Huffington Post. I don't know why they would even <laughs> respond like that. So they deserve this sort of retribution that they got from this poster. And she's pretty creative. And I guess for people out there that find their photos being used, I mean, the, I guess the thing to do is, I'm pretty sure we have talked about this before, but you, you know, you contact the site. You would think that they would take it down at that point. I mean, there's certain legal ways you can pursue it, but usually it's not even worth the battle. Yeah. And you're talking about the DMCA request, which yeah. they do have to comply with. What's interesting is about the response. They said, okay, well, since you uploaded it to Imgur, we can use it unless you delete it, right? And if you look at the terms of service of Imgur, first of all, there's no transfer or assignment of copyright per se. It does, by uploading it, you do agree that they're allowing to display it publicly and sub-license it to others. But also it says there that by downloading a file from that site, you also promise not to use it in any commercial purposes as well. So that excuse of it being on Imgur, I don't see how that flies. But here's what's interesting, I think, and this is why I was kind of getting excited, is because what people aren't talking about is this kind of aftermath. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. So if you look at the original Reddit post, for whatever reason, link and the user that posted it has been deleted. And then the image that's on that website on the Huffington Post is also gone. And then they have a correction in there. And the correction makes no mention of why the image was taken out. They, may, they have some kind of weird, it almost seems like an excuse, basically saying that the image showed something else when in fact it was, basically the image was an image of a cup of noodles from a certain restaurant or a certain location. And they're saying that, oh, this was a couple of noodles from a different location or whatever, right? But the point is, is that there's no mention of it. I really feel that Huffington Post got the pressure and they paid off this person that originally posted it. And in exchange, she removed the link to the Reddit. And I don't know, I, I'm just assuming that, but I, I feel like there's something there. You're probably right. I would think that would be, well, I don't know. They responded so poorly the first couple times that... You know, would they be smart enough to do that? I think, I guess, after this article got posted and, you know, more people got wind of it, then, yeah, it's probably something they did. Especially, because it's weird how the Reddit post is, is taken down. That's I don't really understand yeah. why that would be the case other than what you said. But And when I say taken down, all the comments are still there and the title's still there, but literally it's been edited so that the link that had all the commentary about what happened, the story that she gave was removed and the user's been deleted. So I feel like something's there. I don't have proof at all because think about it. I don't think besides us talking about, I don't think this story has been really picked up in the pop media, so to speak. No one's too keen about bashing another news agency, but obviously we don't mind. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You just got so excited about this because you wanted to be a detective and try to crack this case. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I kind of hope this kind of comes out and we'll find out more about it, but we'll see. The lowest stakes detective work ever done. <laughs> but that's all right. I don't know. It took me five minutes, but. I was like Sherlock Holmes or Monk <laughs> from the hit TV show on USA Today. <laughs> Not USA Today, just USA Now. <laughs> All right, well, getting to the question of the day. We are trying to negotiate a deal on entering into either a joint venture or some profit-sharing partnership for our service and wanted to know if we can just use a term sheet 
before putting everything formally in writing. Yeah, term sheets. I think they're worried about whether the term sheet's going to be binding or is it enough. I think that's a common question. I think a lot of people are so keen to like get everything in writing and they kind of forget there's still a negotiation process, you know. We even had clients too that want something written up so that they want to show the other party, which, you know, can be useful at some times, but oftentimes it's almost a waste because often the terms get negotiated face to face, you know, at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what's on paper. And term sheets are great to kind of have a starting point. It's also what we use as attorneys to actually draft the agreement. Yeah, it's always good to at least get something on paper because obviously if you're just speaking, that's anything could change, I suppose. At least there's some sort of, whether it's binding or not, at least there's some sort of understanding of where you and the other side are at. So to me, that's much better than just talking or I guess I would put talking at the lower level, then email, and then some sort of actual document above that if I'm doing my weekly rankings. (laughs) And you bring up a good point too about binding or non-binding. If you want it to be binding, like a binding term sheet, first of all, I wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. I would find some non-binding language in there. The best thing you can do is have your attorney draft a letter of intent, a non-binding letter of intent. And that's basically a formalized term sheet, an LOI. And uh, there's binding kinds and there's non-binding kinds or a memorandum of understanding. And so those are very useful. I have to mention too that they mentioned something about a joint venture or some profit-sharing partnership. I would also be careful about any kind of joint venture. I just have to mention it. Most likely this person knows. It seems like they're sophisticated in that arena. But keep in mind that a joint venture, even you use the word partnership, in a joint venture, all the parties are jointly and severally liable for everything that goes on in the joint venture or partnership, just like a regular general partnership. And so that means even if you're operating under two entities, if one party is taking up most of the work, 90%, that other party could still be held 100% liable for the liabilities of the actual joint venture. So that kind of agreement is a very big deal. So getting a letter of intent that's non-binding is probably the first step before putting anything in a formal uh, agreement. And I guess another thing too, even if it is a non-binding term sheet, there have been cases and came across one that was in Delaware, which is one of the most popular places to incorporate, probably the most popular outside of your own home state, where the Delaware Supreme Court held that a non-binding term sheet can sometimes be considered binding under certain circumstances. Yeah, We don't have time to go through all the facts of what this was, but for more detailed sheets where the intent was kind of there to make it binding and something got screwed up. But I don't know, it's just a consideration to keep in mind. So try to make it clear what the intent is from the onset. Yeah. And that's why if you have your attorney do it, I mean, any basic attorney will understand how to make a letter of intent non-binding and have that appropriate language in there and avoid those kind of pitfalls that occur. Because Matt's right. I mean, there are circumstances in which if consideration is paid or expectations aren't clear that all of a sudden the non-binding nature can become binding. Even a non-binding letter of intent has a binding nature to it, even to negotiate in good faith, for example. And so those kind of things do come into play. Well, I think that should be the last podcast. We'll end on you saying that I'm right and move on, right? Yeah. First and last time, I believe, if I recall. I mean, you said I was right. You got a math problem right. It's pretty, pretty great show for us. <laughs> well, I think uh, our next hundred episodes, we're going to turn our new leaf, a new chapter of our podcast and looking forward to the, doing that with you, Matt. 
maybe you'll still be around. I'm not sure. Illegally unsound, dumb, uh, art, <laughs> art. <laughs> Is art the opposite of business? They're all easy until I had to get to do the opposite of business. I think the opposite of business is not business. Oh, that's too easy. Well, that's what it is. All right. Well, stay tuned for episode 100. We hit triple digits. Nice. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Yep. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.